Hey everybody, I am coming to you with uh, the episode two of three of the Fruits of the Spirit. Um, this is an unscripted Bible study again, just uh, just like the other one was. Um, as I said, I'm trying something different. I'm going to see this little Fruits of the Spirit section through before I make any decisions on whether or not I'm going to do this at all in the future. Um, but anyway, so we're going to continue doing some unscripted scripted Bible study. Um, once again, I am sitting here with my Bible, with my Bible commentary, my journal, and my phone recorder. And we are just going to do this. Um, so the next three, uh, the episode, the last episode that we did, I did the first three, which were um, love, joy, and peace, right? Yeah. And so those were the three that we did in episode one of three. Now we're going to be doing um, patience, kindness, and goodness. And I was sitting here and I'm like, okay, what kind of scriptures am I going to want to use? You know, what, what is it that I really want to get out of this? And I feel like goodness and kindness and even patience they all kind of flow together in a way and so um you know it's kind of like you know I wish I could find something that we could really just kind of talk about that kind of covered all three something that I wouldn't have to sit here for too long with you guys and we could just you know figure this out together in kind of one big swoop and you know I was looking through my bible and I was going over some scriptures and I was actually looking for scripture about patience and I came across Romans 12 and I started reading it and then I started reading more of it and I'm going, oh my goodness, like this is it. I have to read Romans 12. So um, I wanted to make that kind of the basis of these three um, fruits of the spirit, patience, kindness, and goodness, because once we get through Romans 12, you're going to say, okay, I get it. Um, and to be completely honest, you could read Romans 12 and get all nine of the fruits of the spirit out of this. I think like there is just so much good in this one chapter. So, um, I have a life application study Bible and I absolutely love my Bible because it has so much like awesome material, uh, built into the pages that, I don't necessarily have to go outside of my Bible to do a lot of study. A lot of it is right here. And that's what I love so much about it. And I, you know, I have lots of tabs. And I think I discussed before that I washi taped my Bible, which is like, I love and so I have this this Bible that allows me to be extremely creative with my faith and how I'm learning and I am just a I have a very busy mind and that just it, it I love this because I can just you know this Bible is a huge um it just it's me you know somebody can look at it and say oh wow like you can tell that's Katie's Bible <laughs> Um, so if I ever got, if it ever got lost, you would probably know like, okay, I know whose Bible this is. Um, okay. So anyway, um, 
what I was getting at though with that is that there is, you know, there's a lot of notes and stuff in here. There's a commentary built into the Bible. And so I just kind of want to talk a little bit as we read through this and start discussing it. I'm going to be going off of my commentary and some of the notes that are built into here because they're just really good stuff. Um, so right before Romans 12 in my Bible, it says um, that this section, this chapter is really kind of where Paul is teaching um, Christians like guidelines of how to behave pretty much as a Christian, as, um, you know, a living sacrifice of Christ. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to read Romans 12, the entire chapter. It's not a whole bunch of verses, so just chill. It's like 20 something, but I'm going to go ahead and read it in its entirety and then we will, uh, we will revisit it, uh, in sections when I'm finished. Um, so, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will for by the grace given me i say to every one of you do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith god has given you just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function so in christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. And if it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge, and I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So that is chapter 12, and boy, like... 
oh, that just speaks to me. I am like in love with this chapter. I think I've, I've had some highlighting in here, um, before. I just don't think I ever read the whole chapter, uh, in its entirety. I think I just saw a, uh, a small piece of scripture. I highlighted it, which was actually do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing and perfect will. Um, this is probably something that, um, you know, I learned in church or someone had referenced to me and I just, um, I just highlighted it, but I never read the whole chapter and I, I'm so glad that I did today. So, um, what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of point out, you know, the three things that we're really talking about here were patience, kindness, and goodness. And, you know, the kindness and the goodness, I just, I'm, I'm attracted by the word good. You know, for some reason, I just feel like goodness, you know, like why, why was it said in that form? Like good, goodness. And, and I'm really attracted to that. Um, so I want to kind of take a look at, especially verses, um, in chapter 12 verses nine through 21, where it starts off with love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Um, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep in, keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And then it says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with God's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Um, so I mean, right there, he kind of, you know, from, from Genesis all the way back in Genesis, God made it very clear the difference between good and evil. Like it is laid out so plain Jane to us, um, in scripture, the difference between good and evil. And I think that, you know, this section really sums it up in such an easy terms, you know, that, that we're really able to be fed off of this, I would say, um, so my Bible commentary, when we start to talk about, let me see, when we start to talk about, okay, verse nine, we said, it says, most of us have learned how to pretend to love others, how to speak kindly and avoid hurting their feelings and appear to take an interest in them. We may even be skilled in pretending to feel moved with compassion when we hear other people another person's needs or to become indignant when we learn of injustice but God calls us to real and sincere love that goes far beyond pretense and politeness sincere love requires concentration and effort it means helping others become better people it demands our time money and personal involvement no individual has the capacity to express love to a whole community but the body of Christ in your town does. Look for people who need your love and look for ways that you and your fellow believers can love your community for Christ. And then it says, we can honor others in one of two ways. One involves ulterior motives. We honor our bosses so they reward us, our employees so they work harder. We honor the wealthy so that they will contribute to our cause, the powerful so that they will use their power for us and not against us. God's other way involves love. 
as Christians, we honor people because they have been created in God's image, because they are our brothers and sisters in Christ, and because they have a unique contribution to make to make to Christ's church. Does God's way of honoring others sound too difficult for your competitive nature? Why not try to outdo one why not try to outdo one another in showing honor? And it says put other people first. So, I mean, and that was really just based off of verse 10, which was be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honor one another above yourselves. And, you know, this is, this is touching to me. I feel like this is a perfect example of, um, you know, a godly form of love and, and we are called to imitate, um, you know, Jesus and the walk that he had on this earth. He taught us how to um, treat other people, how to behave and how to love. And, and, you know, one of the things that if you listen to, um, if you listened to the first uh, of three episodes for this uh, Fruits of the Spirit study, I did talk about how love is not so much, you know, being happy or being in love or it's not an intimate um, relationship with a spouse, things like that, that a lot of people would consider love to be. Um, but it's more about behavior. It's very behavior based and it's, um, you know, it's about how we treat other people. And I think that love flows down into, honestly, every single thing that, um, you know, is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And I, you know, I I do believe that as we, like what um, the beginning of chapter 12 had said, where they talked about um, being transformed by renewing of our minds and then be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. You know, I feel like until we are having that, you know, intimate relationship with God, does he really show us what the the real true love is all about? You know, I've never desired to feed someone that I don't like. I've never desired to clothe them. I've never desired to, um, you know, to do for someone that has not so much not done for me, but at least someone who has given me a lot of headache. The last thing that I want to do is continuously help them. And, you know, I know that there is a, a, you know, a struggle within them that probably, yeah, could use change and could use um, the Lord. But at the same time, it's just like he's not saying that here. He's saying live at peace with everyone. You know, like if your enemy is hungry, feed him. It doesn't say if your enemy is hungry, feed him as long as he does this or this or this. You know, there's no conditions here like this behavior is unconditional just like God's love is unconditional and faithful and we're called to show love in the same way and this is kind of eye-opening for me and that's what I'm really liking about this Romans 12 because it's like oh dang I'm not doing that at least not all the time I think my intentions just like probably many of you that are listening right now um, our intentions are always what we believe to be the best, but I think that we skip parts because we don't consider, you know what I mean, like this deeper love that is what is being said here, you know what I mean, like if I don't like somebody, I just stay away from them, I mean, isn't that what most of us do, 
if I don't like somebody, like, I don't necessarily wish ill upon them, but I'm not out there, you know, trying to help them out of their situation either. I'm not out there, you know, trying to feed them or clothe them in one of their trials. I'm just kind of standing along the side saying, well, you know, and how many times have people said, well, you know, she'll get what's coming to her or he'll get what's coming to him for doing the things that he did, but God's saying not to do that. And I think that that really falls into kindness, um, you know, and, and God is saying here that what, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. And then it says intentionally his good, pleasing and perfect will, um, you know, it, and then the very last, you know, verse 21 says, do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. Like, well, okay. You know what I mean? Like, uh, my commentary says, many people use their contacts and relationships for selfish ambition. They select those people who will help them climb their social ladder. Christ demonstrated and taught that we should treat all people with respect. Those of a different race, handicapped, poor, young, old, male, female. We must never consider others as being beneath us. Paul says that we need to live in harmony with others and not be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Are you able to do humble tasks with others? Do you welcome conversation with unattractive, non-prestigious people? Are you willing to befriend newcomers? and entry-level people, or do you relate only to those who will help you get ahead? These verses summarize the core of Christian living. If we love someone the way Christ loves us, we will be willing to forgive. If we have experienced God's grace, we will want to pass that on to others. And remember, grace is undeserved favor. By giving an enemy a drink, we're not excusing his misdeeds. We're recognizing him, forgiving him, and loving him in spite of his sins, just as Christ did for us. In this day of constant lawsuits and incessant demands for legal rights, Paul's command sounds almost impossible. When someone hurts you deeply, instead of giving him what he deserves, Paul says to befriend him. Why does Paul tell us to forgive our enemies? 1. Forgiveness may break a cycle of retaliation and lead to mutual reconciliation. 2. It may make the enemy feel ashamed and change his or her ways. And 3. By contrast, repaying evil for evil hurts you just as much as it hurts your enemy, even if your enemy may never repent. Forgiving him or her will free you of a heavy load of bitterness. Forgiveness involves both attitude and action. If you find it difficult to feel forgiving toward someone who has hurt you, try responding with kindness and kind actions. If appropriate, tell this person that you would like to heal your relationship. Lend a helping hand. Send him or her a gift. Smile at him or her. Many times you will discover that right actions lead to right feelings. What does it mean to heap burning coals on someone's head? If you look back, it says um, in verse 20, If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. 
And it says, what, it, uh, what does it mean to heap burning coals on someone's head? This may refer to an Egyptian tradition. If carrying a pan of burning charcoal on one's head is a public act of repentance. By referring to this proverb, Paul was saying that we should treat our enemies with kindness so that they will become ashamed and turn away from their sin. The best way to get rid of enemies is to turn them into your friends. I love it. What else can I say? I mean, this whole thing speaks to it for itself. I mean, you know, open your Bible and read Romans 12. Break it down a little bit. And let me tell you, friend, like, you're going to be able to see exactly what it is. Um, you know, this is the guts right here. This is the stuff that we're going to struggle the rest of our lives to just try to even attempt. But this is what... Um, this is what godly love is, and this is why he is who he is, and we are who we are. Because we will most likely never be, due to our human nature, we will most likely never be able to amount up to these things, but every single day we can try. And, you know, I just, I, this, I'm just going to tell you right now, like, this is my new favorite. Romans 12 is my new thing, so. <laughs> okay, well, Join us for uh, episode three of three for the final three uh, fruits of the spirit. Um, they will be probably posted sometime in the next few days. Hang out um, and we will do yet again another unscripted Bible study. We're just going to chat and talk about it. My prayer here, um, as I said in the last episode, is that you just sit down with your Bible and you just hang out with me and we just kind of talk about this for a little while and I just want to see you know what um what comes of this because I think that it will be a um I think it will be really beneficial if we do that um the final three fruits of the spirit are faithfulness gentleness and self-control I am really looking forward to talking about self-control because that is a very very personal struggle of mine um I don't have good self-control at all in just about any walk of my life, I am, um, I, if you were to grade me from an A to an F, just like you would in a school, I would definitely be a D minus or an F when it came to self-discipline and self-control. So <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to teach on something that I completely struggle with. So this unscripted Bible study just might convict me to have me learn something just in the same way that I did tonight with you guys. So see you next time on the Finding Her podcast.